Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Eliza Kelly. And today I am joined by Ashley Gavin, Scorpio Sun, Libra Moon, and Skeptical Sagittarius Rising, but actually not skeptical at all. Just sort of like, I don't know, I put it in co-star kind of skeptical, but not yes. like a, I've gotten mixed messages. I don't know what time I was born. No, just, just anxiety uh, that yeah. I'm not doing it right. Yeah, fair, fair. So I think you are, but we could confirm it. Like we could do it like set the record straight right here, right now. But first I want to read your bio so everybody knows where we are, who you are. Ashley Gavin is a comedian, actor, and writer best known for her top charting podcast, We're Having Gay Sex. Her viral comedy and sketch videos on TikTok have earned her 500,000 followers, over 30 million views, and the occasional free smoothie. That is goals. Ashley and her podcast have been mentioned in People, Forbes, us weekly out and was named a 2020 best comedy podcast by paste magazine ashley stand-up has been featured on axs tv live at gotham laughs on hulu and sirius xm channels including comedy central netflix is a joke and raw dog ashley is known for her confidence that's the sagittarius rising social commentary and unrelenting energy on stage she is the only angry lesbian beloved by all including old straight white guys if you don't believe it, she was Carnival Cruise Line's first openly gay comedian. Oh, that's the receipt. That's the proof. <laughs> she exploded on the internet this year by showcasing her rare ability to authentically engage and improvise with guests on her podcast and audience members while on stage. Ashley, I hope that you could bring all of that here in this tiny little microcosm of your experience today. I wrote my bio. Obviously, who else would say such nice things about me? I might. And I, <laughs> you might, we'll see. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, TBD. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how this goes. <laughs> but it is intimidating. I was like, you know, you try to represent yourself in the best light. But it's so weird whenever people introduce me, I just kind of hope they'll be like, oh, she has a podcast. And when I hear it out, repeated out loud, I get a little self-conscious. I, I feel the exact same way. And there was one time when I unfortunately sent my friend, Brenda, who has a wonderful podcast called God is Gray, uh, my, accidentally a full bio, not even a blurb bio. And she proceeded to read the entire thing. And it was so disrespectful. It was the <laughs> rudest thing. It was so rude. You kind of hope so people rude. will pick and choose like, which parts. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Like, enough of this, Brenda. It's too much horrible start to the podcast by introducing her guest. Well, 
Ashley, welcome. This is Stars Like Us, <laughs> where we fuck around and read the full bio. <laughs> <laughs> I am so intrigued by Carnival Cruise Line. Mm. I've never been on a cruise. Great. That's keep it that way. Yeah. I mean, I after 2020, I will never, ever, ever go on a cruise. It was if it was something that I was floating, I guess that is maybe a pun. Uh, it's definitely not going to happen. Tell me about old straight white guys on the Carnival Cruise Line. Yeah. Do they like Joe Rogan? Because I'm trying to get to the bottom of that. Probably. Okay, cool. I mean, I don't really know. Joe Rogan is... It, it, it depends which port we're leaving out of, which is something I really don't ever want to say again. But <laughs> I hope this year has been kind enough to me that I, I don't work cruises as much as I used to. Though they are a great job. They're great money. Really great for comedians who are sort of in that middle ground where you're like a professional comedian but maybe not everyone knows who you are or you don't have a fan base. I'm their first openly gay performer, so I don't know that my experience is going to be representative of like all gay performers that have <laughs> the privilege of working for Carnival Cruise Line. But yeah, it's been interesting. It, it's been and really this interesting. In the, and this was in the year... 2019. That's really fucking wild. Yeah. That's really wild. Took them, took them a long time. And on the one hand there are things as a gay person where if it were not me, I'd be like, that's fucked up. Like, I can't talk about being gay on the PG show. Um, no one can mention anything about sexuality on the PG show. There are other topics you can't talk about because there are children there. Being gay doesn't feel super R-rated to me. It feels like I'm a human being. But, uh, you know, the thing is that they're all, now that I'm, now that I've done it and I've been there, they're trying to protect me because there are homophobic people out there and it's this thing where it's like if they put me on the r-rated show it makes it much harder for a guest to kind of use their prejudice against me because they've been warned this is an r-rated show there might be things that come up that they might not want to hear <laughs> them, them, there might be gay things <laughs> that people start talking about <laughs> there might be gay things there you know it's one of those things where it's like a very practical decision for carnival but I'd rather be there than not be there. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather someone gay be there doing the work than not be there. So people have so many questions about this and it just, it runs the full perspective of the American experience because it's like Carnival is a broad brushstroke. There's all different types of Americans on the boat and uh, I interact with all of them and it's just fat. It, it ranges from people, I say that I'm gay and, um, people will get up and walk out of the room. That's happened to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there are people who are like totally straight, but like, holy fuck, yeah. Like, I'm so glad that they're doing this. I, I come, I vacation on Carnival every year. I've never seen a comedian like you. This is so awesome. So it's like, it's the total spectrum and it's wild. I've been told that I'm an abomination by someone on a Carnival cruise at breakfast. Wow. That great way to start your day. Wow. It was like a serious experience. And I, I'm so glad that I had it because I feel like also I'm a born and raised New Yorker. So I am too. No way. Oh, yes, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Why didn't we do this in person? I don't know. I oh. forgot. I forgot ah. people do it in person. I'm, I'm in fi the financial district right now. It's where I live. I'm uptown. Cool. We'll, we'll get coffee. But I am born and raised in New York, in Manhattan. And Me too. Oh, okay. We have so much to discuss. Well, I mean, you have a podcast called We're Having Gay Sex, right? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. This is We're Having Gay Sex. So how do you, like, as your platform continues to grow, 
what does it mean for you to sort of embody and to sort of represent like someone who's gay and someone who's gay in the face of there being still a lot of homophobia and a lot of discrimination and a lot of prejudice against people based on sexuality? Yeah, I, I think we're at a really interesting point as a society where there a tipping point where now we've moved from most people, I would say for a while, most people were like totally cool with gay people, but didn't super want to like talk about it. it was sort of like, oh, these people happen to be gay and I love them. Like Ellen, Ellen just happens to be gay, uh, doesn't really talk about it very much, mostly because you know, we all hate Ellen now, but at the time <laughs> when, when Ellen came out, it ruined her life. Even though her show was critically acclaimed, it got canceled just simply because she was gay. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Wow. When was that? Uh, in mid mid nineties, maybe 1994, 1995. Whoa. I didn't know that her show got canceled after she came out. Yes. Yeah. And so I have a lot of empathy, even though she has obviously done some pretty gross things as an employer like if those rumors are true i don't to be perfectly honest i couldn't speak to them all like in a concrete way i haven't read every piece of journalism on ellen but it sounds like she's at minimum a very bad boss yeah i mean i, I a lot of people with very a lot of power and a lot of money have really problematic yeah. personality attributes right. that go along with that that being said I am also aware of her history as someone that really, really took it on the chin for gay people. And so I'm like thankful for that contribution that she's made and I'll never, ever forget it. But now I think we've moved past that where not only is everyone, not everyone, but a critical mass not only is cool with gay people, but they're kind of like, is everybody gay? Is every <laughs> like now people are in this new space where it's like, am I gay? Like they're they're thinking about it more and and gay sex is less taboo. And so I wanna be the person who can connect worlds. Because I didn't want to just be funny to gay people. I do carnival cruises. Yeah, yeah. It's all straight people. You know what I mean? Like I didn't come up getting to only perform for gay people. I think my comedy is funny for everybody, whether or not I'm talking about gay shit, straight people still like it. And I like the idea of just blending worlds and bringing people together through comedy. And that's kind of how I see my, I see myself almost as like a translator for all my broy friends. They want to know about strap ons and shit. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to make them that accessible for them. You know what I mean? That's yeah. where I see myself. And to connect the queer community, because I think that there's a stereotype between lesbians and gay men that we don't get along. There's a trans experience, which is so different than the gay experience. But at the end of the day, we all have this core um, discrimination that we face and we have to come out. Um, and that kind of links us all. And, and I would like the queer community to feel more together as one. So we try to have a lot of different representation on the podcast. Now, this is obviously only going to be you speaking from your life experience, but do you think that the discrimination that you experience being a lesbian is different than the experience that a guy would experience being gay? Oh, for sure. They're totally different. They're different because of sexism and gender. Like women, lesbians are sexualized. Women aren't taken seriously or sexualities aren't taken seriously. Whereas gay men, it's much more of a threat to like masculinity. They get beat up 
you know, that does happen to women, but it's more common that men get like beat up, but they don't face as much like homosexism Mm -hmm. unless they're very femme, you know, then they face that because it's all rooted in gender. It's very super. I mean, they're different things, gender and sex. For anyone on here trying to cancel me, I know that gender and sexuality are different things. Okay. But they are tied up in terms of discrimination because other people don't know that. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that at the end of the day, like all roads lead down to this, you know, white supremacist, toxic masculinity. You know, it's if you follow anything to its core, it's going to. Yeah. going to look a lot like that. Yeah. If you trace the sexism back far enough you get into like race quote-unquote science and like weird it gets fucking weird (laughs) yeah and not that long and not that long yeah it's very interesting because i have always identified as a feminist never have i not because it was never something that i you know growing up in sheltered manhattan i it was very comfortable to be like, of course, I'm a fucking feminist. Like, duh. Like, why wouldn't I be? You'd be a fucking idiot if you weren't, you know? And it was really only when I went to college and I wasn't in New York anymore and I was in Minnesota, but I was still in like a sheltered collegiate community, but there were people who were representing different places and Mm -hmm. they were like, oh my God, feminism, like, like, and then like, you're a feminist. Like you don't want equal you want women to be better yeah yeah like, yeah you're you like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute loco like what the baseline <laughs> that you're operating at is so different when you leave new york and you go somewhere else you're like oh i have to it's the it's the kind of th- when that guy called me an abomination and i i let him call me that and i sat with him and i had breakfast it was a really difficult conversation i've been trying to write a joke about it wait how did that happen um, I was eating my breakfast and I, I'm having my omelet and a uh, guy comes over, he puts his plate down. He just, he says to me, I'll never forget it. He goes, I just want you to know that your choice in lifestyle is an abomination, but I didn't walk out of your show the other night because I was trying to be respectful. And I was like, well, this interaction is hugely disrespectful i just woke up i haven't even had coffee this is my sacred omelet yeah like i'm just like what a way to start the day you know abomination and i talked with him for a really long time and his brother's gay and his brother came out when he was over 50 years old and then that's when i realized the whole thing was this man the whole not leaving the room was obviously this man had a connection to my material to me that he didn't understand and i i can't speak for it but at one point during the conversation he said when my brother came out to me i thought why are you doing this to me and i was like damn this guy like he it's so selfish like he can't even think about how much pain his brother is in that it took him over 50 years to come out of the closet and I ended the conversation. We talked about whether or not it was a choice for a really long time. This was what I wanted to get to. I always thought that people who didn't think it was a choice was such a small minority, such a small extreme minority. Growing up in New York, there's homophobia, but it's not because people don't know that it's not a choice. People know that it's not a choice. They just 
don't like gay people and it makes them uncomfortable like that or like they're uncomfortable having that themselves or like they know they shouldn't be uncomfortable but they are uncomfortable this dude like straight to my face i was arguing with him this very simplistic matter of choice i told him about gay penguins he was like no there aren't and i was like (laughs) yeah man like fucking google it and he goes i'm not gonna google it and i was like well, this is your fucking problem. You don't want to look at the information. You Whatever. really gave him like such a an honor of oh yeah spending your breakfast. I gave him the whole. Anytime I encounter encounter anyone like this, I feel like I am repping the team. So I really try to be super polite. I don't get angry. Like I give them the information. I'm like firm, but I'm not like ever mean or tell them that they're stupid or tell them that they're like a dumb Republican. This has got to be the Libra moon. Because the, oh. the moon is the emotional internal world, internal world. And Libra is all about balance. It's very intellectual. It's keeping the harmony. You know, it's like keeping things even. Because I, if I could put myself in a position where I would be, cha- I mean, I'm challenged all the time as an astrologer, for instance, you know, like oh, yeah. people are horrendous. And I have just kind of found my way out of a, a really quite, alarming and terrifying uh, week on the internet where I had a Wikipedia page that went up and then it got vandalized, assaulted and deleted because I'm a fraud pseudoscientist. And it was like, oh (laughs) shit, America. But I don't even know if it's America. It's just like the world, you know? And if I'm in a situation where I'm face to face with someone who's talking to me about God telling me I'm going to hell, like giving me their real dense speech on why what I'm doing is horrendous. I will say, fuck off. Like, get out of my fucking space. And honestly, you have every right to do that. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I couldn't even try to meet them. You know what I mean? And maybe, maybe it, you know, there's some value in meeting, you know, there's some value in actually having that one-on-one connection of being like, look me in the eye and tell me it's an abomination. Yeah. yeah. You know, like really, really? But I have found, I mean, it's just, or I think it might be my fucking Leo son. Like I just can't, I, I can't do it. If someone is like coming to me with that shit, it's just, I have no patience. It's yeah. I mean, you can't change everyone's mind, obviously. But this is the saddest part. At the end of the conversation, I think the one thing that I said that mattered is I, I said, your brother just really wants you to love him. Oh. And I just imagine this man and what he must have oh. gone through with this. Yeah, sorry. Um, I cry a lot. What he must have gone through with this family. I, I can't even imagine the parents because this dude, like, you know, maybe, maybe I made a difference. I don't know. Maybe this guy will have more compassion. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to think so, especially after spoiling your breakfast and spoiling the <laughs> omelet bar. I don't remember how the rest of the day went. I wish I, I wish I did, but that cruise was the hardest because it was my first one. They put me out of Galveston, um, which is supposed to be the easiest cruise because the crowd is not super sophisticated, and typically that makes it easier for cruise comedians because their jokes are not that sophisticated but my jokes are sophisticated. So I have a much easier time out of Miami, LA, New York. 
Um, but they put me on that one during Thanksgiving. So it was a lot of families, oh. a lot of gen <laughs> generational, you know, grandparents, great grandparents. It was extremely difficult, really difficult. So without being Jojo Siwa yourself, like, how do you think that that is going to make a difference? Do you think that that could make a difference? Like, do you think that in the perspective of broad gen pop, this young girl yeah. coming out is going to, could have the potential to like actually get some important conversations going? Yeah. I think most people come around because they find out that their brother or their cousin's gay. I really think that's like people coming out is just how we make progress. Because as, as long as people can shelter themselves from an issue until that issue like actually affects their lives and they have to like change their behavior, which is something that I think is happening on like a nationwide level. People are finally like having tons of different types of issues thrust at them in a way that they have to change their behavior. And I mean, like even like climate change, like right. on an individual level, I know that I'm having like an existential crisis every fucking day. And every day I'm thinking about what else I can do to like help the planet or what, you know, uh, particularly over the last two years, like Black Lives Matter, like I think a lot of white people were finally at a point where like this was so, so in their face, they couldn't ignore it anymore, which is like really fucked up that that's the way we have to make progress. But that's my theory about why gay progress has been faster than racial justice. It's because gay people are evenly distributed amongst the population. The population is slowly getting people coming out to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when we're, we're basically segregated as a nation, it's much harder to have a black person who gets affected by racism to the po or police brutality. Not every family is going to be affected by that, but every family will eventually have a gay person in their family. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. Maybe it's like a really pragmatic way of looking at it, but like until people are like forced to most people, there are good people out there, but like most people you need it to like, be in front of you to like really i don't know this is like a social justice conversation and not uh. like a, a an astrology <laughs> unless they're the same thing to you but uh and they maybe are. they are to a lot of people um i'm not a huge astrology expert even though i'm gay <laughs> what <laughs> you know i'm getting on the show <laughs> do you think that lesbians are disproportionately into astrology or do you think that women are disproportionately into astrology and a lot of women, women are disproportionate. Yeah. Okay. I try to explain this to gay people. I'm like, it's not a lesbian thing. It's a woman thing, but they don't know. They don't see it. Yeah. I would say, I mean, it's really interesting, especially when you like incorporate sexuality and gender and you put those, you, you know, we create so many different types of experiences. This is what I know in the thousands of people that I have had one-on-one -on -one sessions with. I can probably count on two hands how many of those have been male identifying. Mm, mm. And of those who book their own session, of the <laughs> 10, of the thousands of people, I think it's three. I genuinely think it's three people. And I truly, truly have spoken with thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. So when I first started opening up my practice and I would get like appointments, I would get when I would see like a male name. I was so, I would get so excited. And my fiance, a dude would be like, why are you so excited about like Brad booking a session? And I was like, cause it's just wild. Like, it's like yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like, what are we going to talk about with Brad? It also like, implies <laughs> that Brad is probably a really special guy. Right. Maybe. Or that his girlfriend 
gave it to oh, him and he's oh, going well, begrudgingly, yeah. Yeah. which is usually of the 10, the majority of them would be like some like, yeah, my girlfriend told me I should talk to an astrologer and that it was really cool. And then she booked me this fucking session. <laughs> it's like, OK, cool. We're going to have a great hour together. I can't wait. Do they come around? Yeah, because astrology is fucking cool and yeah. it's amazing and I'm good at it. And it's like yeah. the reason I asked about Joe Rogan is because I feel like there's somewhere I'm trying to dig. And it's like between Carnival Cruise, Joe Rogan, Wikipedia trolls, and then like all of these guys who don't like astrology and toxic masculinity and like all of that kind of lives in the same it's like X marks the spot, but what does it all come down to, you know? Mm. And why is astrology even in the mix? Because when dudes, and I'm just going to generalize and say dudes here, but they just don't, it's not that they don't like astrology. It's that they hate astrology. Yes. yes. They hate it. Yeah. And they want to, I mean, according to the comments that I was getting in the past week, they want to nuke me. They want to annihilate me. And these aren't necessarily even like the Jesus people. These are just people yeah, who just think. Dudes. Just guys. I mean, I got an email in 2014. My co-founder and I, when we had our astrology dating app, we were introduced to this venture capitalist or like this, you know, he like supported female founders. And LOL. I know. And so you could only imagine <laughs> the email we got when we got, we were, had this introduction. So here's these two female founders. They're starting an astrology dating app. Like, you know, maybe you could be helpful. The email was, uh, this diatribe about literally Voltaire and Galileo and the enlightenment. And at the end of it, he goes, usually I wish women like in your position, the best of luck, <laughs> but because of what you're doing, I cannot. And it was like, weird. does he know about Christian mingle? Like, how is it not to, I, I'm not a religious person and I'm not making the direct comparison between astrology and religion, but I am going to link them via spirituality link and just like groups of people who have a belief system. How is it different than Christian mingle, which must have some money, behind. but that's why I'm trying to like, that's why I have a shovel. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something specifically about astrology that like men hate and want to kill i have a i have a joke oh about my God, it could you tell it well I, the joke is i don't quite understand how men could get so upset about astrology because men have sports and if you're gonna flip over a car because the bears lost a woman can have a better week because a scorpion told her so right it's, it's if you are a skeptic which I can be. You're looking at things that have, if you believe that astrology has really nothing to do with your life, just stars not touching you, those dudes destroying each other and giving each other concussions on a football field because they wear certain colors or they have a certain mascot has also nothing to do with your life. But <laughs> right. your, your entire world like revolves around this. And they'll say, yeah, but it's actually happening. And I'm like, well, yeah, but the planets are also moving. Like you can't say, oh, but like I'm invested in the team. Well, these people have invested themselves in this practice. Like it's the same. It's entertainment. If you really, I, again, I don't mean to diminish what you're doing. It depends how you approach it. But like 
for some people, football is religion. It's, it's religion. So it's like weird to me that you would like look at these things as if they're different than any other way that we spend our time and decide what's important to us. But I, I think it's because I, it could be a gendered thing, honestly. Like it could be just because it's about feelings and they just can't fucking, they just can't have feelings. Yeah, I, I think that it's also about like not being in control. I think yeah, I'm kind yeah. of, I'm like digging or I, f- I feel like I'm finding that because that's, you know, when I sort of synthesize it and I'm like taking 10 years of being an astrologer and like the type of things that people have said to me and I'm like, okay, well, what do, what do those people say so often? And it's like, oh, so you're telling me I'm like every, this is my dude impression, obviously. You're telling me that I'm like every other Virgo that's ever yeah. existed. And I'm like, yeah. literally didn't say a word to you. So no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wouldn't have actually, I'm not talking to you ever. Don't even perceive me. I don't want to be around. Right. You. <laughs> actually, please stay fucking 12 feet away from me. Thank you. Like get the fuck out of my face. But beyond that, I think it's like the, oh, you're going to tell, you're going to generalize me. You're going to, typecast me but it's like dude you rate women out of 10 yeah (laughs) that's what you do and like if i want to talk about virgos being practical and organized and methodical like that is not as bad as you saying she has a seven ass and five tits like it's just not you know it also just like makes no impact on their fucking lives like if it affected them and that's what dudes male comedians love to do this joke i've heard it nine thousand times i wanted to go on a date with this girl but she wouldn't date me because i'm a scorpio that is not true that never happened to you that literally maybe this girl made a joke about it and you're like little fucking male collar, like, like, you know, like maybe that happened. But <laughs> yeah, and, and right. And you had a fucking aneurysm because you heard the word astrology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she did not do that. That has literally never happened. It's sort of like the, it's like one of those things that I hear men say happened all the time. I've never heard a woman, a woman tell this story. If I date women. It's never happened to me. And I am a Scorpio. I am the most hated. I get that yeah. a lot. That's true. But like, it's never been a problem. So I don't. And also lesbians fucking love astrology. So I feel like if anyone was going to get rejected, it's me. Right. Right. (laughs) Where people are actually like doing your compatibility and being like, well, (laughs) I'm sorry, but these Venus signs are just not going to work together. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But yeah, they fucking lose their minds. They love to make fun of it. They really love to make fun of it. Yeah. And it's, it's really something that I've grown like a very thick skin for. Sure. And it's something that I think is also funny until I feel like it's not, which I think is kind of, I'm sure that that is the case with a lot of people and different, in different iterations and different capacities. It's like, how ridiculous is it that, you know, I just had a, <laughs> a dude on the show who was like spirituality adjacent. He's like astrology. And it's like, so what do you, what are you doing? <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're what are you what are you doing? Like, where do you draw the line? You know, like, why is it just because of the word astrology scares you? Like, and then it's funny. And then it's not because then it's like, I'm not being taken seriously. I am, you know, having these normal, like indications of somebody who's had like a very long career be totally refuted because of work that I do and people calling me a fraud. and like, you know, defaming me without any reason to. 
just based on calling myself an astrologer immediately means I'm a fraud of some kind because it's a pseudoscience, even though I'm very well aware that astrology is not a science. So I would never argue. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any astrologers actually would ever say that it's a science. Right. And it's like, it's funny until it's really not. And then you start to feel that toxicity, like actually creating these blocks and these barriers and these limitations of how you were able to live your life safely. And then also how you were able to like take your career, like where that begins and ends. Because at the end of the day, Ellen is fucking getting canceled literally before she was actually 2020 style canceled. She was first canceled yeah. for just being gay, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's horrible. That's a horrible news. It's a horrible piece of information. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She's, she's at a, Ellen's crazy. Ellen's crazy. She's an Aquarius. I actually just posted her as the symbol, the archetype of a chaotic Aquarius energy. Okay. My mom's an Aquarius. Cool. Interesting. But yeah, it's also just like so harmless because astrology is not like, there's no like ideology beyond like women tending to like like astrology like who gets hurt it's not like a political like no one's getting hurt it's sort of like the gay thing at a bare minimum can you just tolerate it because this really has nothing to do with you and doesn't impact your life (laughs) right i mean no one is getting hurt by other people's sexuality or gender choices right stylistic expressions right fundamentally if if astrologers were like waging war for over oil in her in iraq which i might have to like if this shit keeps going then yeah i mean it's gonna have to be an astrologer versus bros on tinder war (laughs) that'll have to be it honestly i think maybe they just aren't getting laid but why do they have to get laid like that? You know? Oh, why? well, this is a but whole other. But they're, yeah, they're not getting laid to begin with. Right, right, right. Laid. But when you're not getting laid and you have that pent up anger, they'll they'll just blame it on anybody. They'll just, oh, girls, I'm not over six feet. Nah, astrology. Yeah. You know, that's it. I think that's actually fucked up. That's uh, this is like a homophobic straight dude's worst nightmare. Do you think that we should remove their testosterone? Do you think they have too, do you think it comes down to too much you're testosterone? The second, <laughs> you're literally the second person that I've had this conversation with on a <laughs> podcast. Another amazing ma- uh, male comedian, Des Bishop. Awesome. Oh, he's engaged to my friend. Hannah Burner. Yes. A friend Who's of mine also as well. been on this podcast. Hannah's been on mine. We love Hannah. Hannah's the fucking shit, actually. But Des was like, we can't really get into it because it, it'll turn into like a conversation basically like a totally not okay conversation but yeah if we could like regulate testosterone in a way that was equitable which is just not a question that i'm gonna put out there because i will immediately be canceled but we women on birth control i'll just put that that just just (laughs) something something to think about with estrogen birth control and men don't take anything it's a lot just 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 putting it out there i'm not suggesting that we should regulate testosterone but it well, is a problem. <laughs> I did ask this. I asked this person why people like, I'm sorry to keep talking about Joe Rogan, but I don't know who he is. And I don't know why I hear about him periodically and why. Because he's a cult leader. Cool. With no vision beyond whatever's going to keep him in power and money. That's cool. what I think Joe Rogan awesome. is. Awesome. That, that sounds horrifying. Yeah. And I ask dudes when I see them why they like him. And it literally is 
he likes hunting. He likes smoking cigars. He likes being a man. <laughs> he is a liberal. Uh, he's like a libertarian. He is a masculine man. Isn't that just the character from Parks and Rec, though? Didn't we just like satiate Ron that? Swanson? Yeah. Didn't we just do that with him? I mean, I guess it resonates. I think men like to feel like they have the it comes down to choice, fate again. They have the power. They can do it. They can like they have their masculinity. They have choice. They're not trapped. They can pick themselves up. It's a whole American dream thing. Yeah. And uh, but he's still liberal. Like he's still he like hits that kind of centrist line. Right, right, right. Of like he doesn't hate gay people. He doesn't hate black people. I mean, like, I'm sure you could find things that are probably problematic that he said, but he's a good dude. He's a good masculine dude, I think, is how the men who listen to him feel. They see themselves in him. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I. I'm on this hunt to like not know who he is and then know who he is simultaneously because I feel like a lot of the answers I seek live near him. He's also afraid. He's very, because I know that he got vaccinated and he believes in vaccinations, but I know he also knows that some of his fan base don't feel that way. And he has said some fucked up things about vaccinations and about like Trump and bernie and all this stuff like he's a bernie guy i think at the time or said the only possible nominee that could beat trump was bernie um which is funny because if you've not to i'm very i'm so incredibly liberal when it comes to my policies but i'm also a pragmatist because i'm a carnival cruise comedian and when you go on a carnival cruise you fucking know everyone's like bernie i'm like i don't think it's gonna happen <laughs> you know like i'm on a tangent now but he's uh He's an interesting character because he plays this liberal, but he has these like kind of conservative, toxic values. Yeah, I I just try. I'm still in this process. I was like, is Joe Rogan the Howard Stern of our generation? And everyone was like, no. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm just like throwing things out. I'm just trying to figure out like where. I don't think he is, but I don't know that much about how Howard Stern to be. Howard Stern is a Capricorn. And I just found out that Joe Rogan is a Leo and I'm a Leo and I'm not sure if I claim him. I don't think I claim him unless he wants to talk about astrology, but don't, dudes don't want to talk about astrology. They want to talk about how women like to typecast men based on their astrological sign while not acknowledging the fact that all men do is talk about women's bodies and they typecast women in compartmentalized ways. Yeah. Which comes from, you know, that's, that's biblical level shit, but. It's been around a while. Damn, we're really going the distance. Um, <laughs> they're going the distance all the way into the cosmos. I would like to ask you one of the questions we ask all of our guests on the show, which is, what do you believe in? So I'm, uh, I'm funny because I'm definitely skeptic about uh, everything. I have a computer science degree. I worked at MIT as an engineer for a while, but I'm also like super spiritual in this very scientific way. And I think it all kind of like came together for me a couple years ago when I did, I was super depressed, uh, suicidal, got out of a horrible relationship, really, really bad, closeted, all kinds of problems. My, I found out my therapist since I was a kid was dying. It, my, com my comedy career was like, I was just like so rock bottom, like really bad. 
And I took this happiness course on Coursera from Yale. You may have heard of it. They have a podcast called The Happiness Project. It's like the most popular course on Coursera. And I really did the course. And when I did it, I was like, uh, there's sort of eight exercises that you're supposed to do every day. I meditate every day, 20 minutes every morning. I exercise three times a week. Sleep is gold to me. All of this stuff I learned through this class. And within a few weeks, I was already less depressed. And within a few months, I was the happiest I'd ever been in my life because I was doing these eight things every day. And I realized this is why we had religion. All these eight things are core components of spiritual practices. And no matter what you believe, like community, kindness, gratitude, treating your body well, um, prayer or meditation, this is why we can be present in a moment and feel joy. You know what I mean? And that is something that I like. Those practices and this idea of like being present and like flow states, being able to live as much as your life in that place as possible. That's like my belief system that like that is how you'll live your best life, how you'll treat other people well, like how you're able to treat other people well because you're like you're well, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I believe in. But if I had to boil it down to one word, I believe in meditation. Totally. You don't, you don't have to boil it down to one word. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's just focusing on the physical realm, on the things that are tangible, leave a lot to be desired. You know, I, at the same time, I also think that like organized religion fall, like becomes so problematic so fucking fast. And yeah. as somebody who did not grow up with an organized religion, it's like, again, I'm so sheltered and not being I don't believe in hell. I've never had to believe in hell. I've yeah. never been scared by hell. Yeah. I've never been scared that if I, you know, my, if my sexuality would bring me to hell or hanging out with people would make me go to hell or being an astrologer would make me go to hell. And I don't know what it's like to embody that kind of trauma, you know? And it's, and that is to me, not spirituality at all. That's like right. some bastardization yes. of oppression, you know? Totally. And I will say, like, speaking of something like astrology, I think it could be, like, when I'm in a flow state, like, when, when I'm doing comedy or I'm with just friends and I'm just totally present and you feel like that magical thing, I do think we're able to tap into something that feels like the beyond. Whether or not you believe that's the beyond, that magic feeling of connection and presence and, and the now, you know, that is just, I think that that is like just an incredible, incredible thing. And I, I don't, I don't think we have the science to explain what that is, but that it exists and you can train your body and your mind to experience it more. And I think that that's really cool. Second question is how does magic show up in your life? I was like, uh, why do I, why am I thinking about magic? That's, I love, I love my job. I love stand-up comedy. I feel it most when I'm doing stand-up comedy, but I just love when I'm in a flow state doing stand-up comedy. Someone once said to me, it was so sweet. This is one of the most wonderful compliments I've ever gotten in my entire life. She goes, when you're on stage, I, I can't dance. I can't, I'm a horrible dancer. I think we were talking about that. But when I'm on stage, I feel like if someone told, she said, 
if someone told you to do a backflip, you could do a backflip. If so, you need to speak French, speak French. You always hear, I would speak French. You always hear about those things where like, how did you do that? You're like, I don't fucking know how I did that. But the thing that links it all is that you're in this flow state and somehow with everything out of the way, you're able to do something that you never did before. And you can include when, when I'm doing stand-up comedy, I can include other people in that process through this like community at this show. If it's like crowd work or whatever it might be. How did you discover this space where you are able to tap into this magical gift that you have? Oh, I've wanted to be a performer my whole life. And it's a very long story, but I had tried, I was trying to become a performer and I tried multiple things, improv and all that. And I just, I just did stand up comedy on a kind of a whim, uh, being like, well, maybe this will help me get famous. <laughs> and it ended up being the thing that I wanted. I just knew immediately. But then when meditation came into my life, I realized that they were the same thing. Like sometimes I would get into a flow state on stage and I don't know how I got there, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. And then when I started meditating, I was like, oh, this is the same. And I can control this to, to some degree, you know? So now, now it's like I'm in a flow state every time I get on stage. Most times I get on stage and it's just like awesome. So it's just, I, I'm so lucky that I'm sure you have it when you're practicing astrology and it, it's just such a wonderful way to live your, have your, that's your job. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And it's also, I, I could imagine that stand up comedy has its own, like very interesting. I mean, I, I cannot even could imagine. I know that stand up comedy has its own very interesting, bizarre cultural challenges that come with it of being in that state and then needing to step, step away from that state. And like the distinction between like when you are performing versus when you are just yourself because the different, and I guess, you know, I relate to that too, because there really is, I'm, I'm an astrologer all the time, but I'm not always practicing astrology, you know? Right. Right. And you're a stand-up comedian all the time, but you're not always on a stage, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think that I could imagine that that like brings its own interesting, unique challenges to the job too. Yeah. I mean, turning it off, turning it on, worrying about the things that you say, will this be interpreted as a joke? Will it be interpreted as the joke that I intended it to be? Right, right. So now I would love to pull a tarot card for you. I'm so fucking excited. This is what you've been waiting for the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at so, a very interesting point in my life, so I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Well, these are the way, this is the way that my deck likes to work. It either, it's it's happiest when there's a question that it's responding to. It's It will pull a card and just sort of look at the scene. But it usually, you know, sometimes it can just sort of be this like odd jumbled, like I'm giving you an interpretation, but I'm not really sure what's going on. So it's not very specific. If there's a question, we can really get an answer. Should I keep it in my head or should I say it out loud? No, no, no. You should say it out loud. It's not a magic trick. I'm working on a project right now that I'm really, really excited about, but I'm scared to be excited about it because everything in this industry always goes to shit. That's so cool, yeah. there are other things I could ask about, but if I don't ask about my career, I'm going to regret it later. Cool. So let me just make sure I'm understanding it. The question is, are you allowed to be excited about this project? Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. way to phrase it. Well, it's actually not because you are, and I don't need the tarot card to say that actually. For sure. For sure. I think maybe we should f- reframe it as, 
is there something specific that would block that would go wrong? Like, for instance, like, is it I don't know what stage it's at, and you definitely don't need to reveal that in this context. But I guess it's more about like, what is the thing that you need to know about the project? I think for me, a lot of times these things are like, you don't know how real it is, because it's not even about the project, like going through to fruition. But there is a point that I could get to where I could I could actually put this on my resume and say, like, this was not just something that I pitched and was dismissed and really was just for me as practice. What I am hoping is that this will be considered in a real way and move me past kind of where I've gotten myself before. Right, 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 right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to th th think about like a, a good way of phrasing this that isn't a yes or no. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which could be like, how will this project yeah. impact you? Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Because we know that this project exists. We know you should be excited about it. We know that it will somehow show up in your life. But how will it show up in your life? Is it the vehicle yeah. that will take things to the next level? Is it something that's going to be like another like, oh, cool story, bro? Or is it going to be yeah, like yeah. the actual catalyst for a sizable change? Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. I'm nervous. Cool. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Would you like me to work with pile one, pile two, or pile three? Let's go pile one, because as soon as you said it. I'm so happy you said that. Earlier today, I was just talking about how no one ever picks pile one. Pile fucking one. Pile one, bitch. It's always been pile one. The second two piles, like, I literally had, I was like, first is the best, first is winner. My heart, my heart, as soon as you said pile one, I was like, pile fucking one. That's the one. Winner. Pile winner. Okay, so what is this, how is this project going to manifest and show up in your life? You know, what should we know about what that means? Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, cool. Temperance. So what I really love about this card for us is that this is associated with Sagittarius, which you are a Sagittarius rising without a question mark, I'm sure. And this is all about like alchemy. It's, it's a very, very fucking magical card. As you can see, it's like, you know, the water is moving from one space to the next. And is it like going up? Is it going down? So like, Part of a lot of this card is the, the fortune, the magic, sort of like the right place at the right time, like just the luck and the pieces coming together. Another dimension of this card that I feel is really important for me to mention is this is also the card that is associated with sobriety. So I don't know if that is something that you have in your life or if that is something that's meaningful to you, but that is another dimension of this card. Well, I'll tell you, can I give you an answer on that? Please, yeah. I just put out this episode of my podcast not long ago about how like I basically have quit codependent and abusive relationships. Consi I consider it almost like a love addiction for my old understanding of love. And I'd even gone to, well, it doesn't even matter, but. I've been to SLAA too. <laughs> I, I don't identify as someone who needs the program, but I'm so glad that I went because I learned uh, a lot about, I don't want to take that away from people because like, I don't think I'm a traditional like sex addict, 
I think maybe love addict, but maybe not a traditional one. For me, it's a lot of like linked to my own understanding of love as a child type of thing. And like, when I tell you that I am sober from interacting with people who put me back in that place of, I've like totally rewired my brain to like know what love is basically. Wow. And what real love is. Having had my first real, what I think loving relationship. And yeah, like when I date, when I go on dates with women, I'm like, just I'm like very able to recognize that feeling in me where it's like this is this is the old this is old love this is not oh well I just got this very important intuition that I have to tell you which is that that same love in you that needed that recognition on an interpersonal level is the same love in you that wants it on a macro scale with a platform so you healing that need for validation interpersonally is also you releasing unnecessary expectations in your career so that you can like beam sort of just like your, how do I put it? Like the work itself without all of the, like, see me, validate me, love me, appreciate me. Like, let's stick together. That goes along with it. You know, like it's that same healing link that creates an opening and an opportunity for projects to be different than they were in the past. Mm. Because you're not getting caught up in the same pain, you know? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. It's also an interesting card or because like one of the things I'm working on in the project right now is like the this main character obviously is like very much based on me. And we've been talking about like career versus relationshipy type plot lines and i hadn't even thought to consider like a loving relationship at the center of this like character's narrative mm-hmm. i've always linked it with career and i we had just started talking about it recently and i was like oh i wonder if it would be perhaps deeper to make this about people <laughs> rather than you know so it's just interesting. Yes, I yes. I I also want to mention that I don't know how much you use tarot or are familiar with it, but this is one of like the major arcana cards. This happens to me all the time. Every tarot reading I get, I get all the major ones and everyone says that. This is three or four different people have have said this. What are you where are you doing all of these? Now I'm getting I'm getting jealous. Like, well, where are these tarot readers? Who are so, they? I don't know if you know <laughs> Tova Ab- Abigail um, she's really cool. Just a person that I was connected with. And I, a couple months ago did my first reading with her and it was like, oh, she, um, she knows Paige. I think she did a reading for Paige, Hannah's friend. Oh, cool. So she's like, um, my gal, but also people who come on my podcast sometimes read, they, they say, can I pull your cards or whatever? And that, Uh, that was a uh, so she's done that and then like a few years ago a friend did you know did that for me (laughs) i thank you for humor you really do like (laughs) you really leave ramoon where the same where it's like i can't believe you talked to that guy while you're eating the omelet and i'm like being like 
a weird Leo freak who's like, who are these other fucking tarot readers? I didn't, well, first of all, I didn't know you existed. As if I am the only tarot and you're like, I'll tell you exactly who they are. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you their names. I'll tell you my relationship with them. There's nothing to worry about. They are nothing to me. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> Thank you for humoring me. No, on, I mean, like, I love this. I, I feel very fortunate that I have keep getting these major cards it's a I major hope that, it's a major i hope it means something i'm it definitely gonna text something. hope i could text her right now we could bring her in if you want to bring her in on this <laughs> i'm sure she can do it but um yeah i also think like i'm hoping that i'll meet a lot of really interesting people that's part of this process with this show that i'm working on i hope that i meet i've already met one and i feel like this new, we're learning each other. We, we don't know each other that well, but we're working on this show together. And I, I love talking to him and like hearing his takes on everything because he's a straight guy, which I love. I love. Well, can you ask him about these, the area that I'm digging in? Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause Thank we talk you. about tarot and Zodiac every time we're on the fucking phone. Cool. 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 So, yeah. Like, because it's such a big part of the show because gay women love this stuff, but I'm sorry if that's diminishing. No, no. His stuff. But um, yeah, so there's chemistry with him, but he has all these connections. And I think it is going to just be about who, who we... Yeah, it's like the alchemy. It's like yeah. who goes, comes in at the right time with the right kind of sauce. And I do think that like the, the temperance, the sobriety, like the focus, the dedication, the hard work, like... And also like the magic, you know, like the soup that is being made and the ingredients that are going into it, like all of that. Yeah, it's a big deal. I would say that if I had to summarize it, it is a big deal and it does cool. make a big difference and it is going to change things. Wow. Okay. Wow. 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 Well, Tova said the same thing. She said something's coming. Well, if Tova said it and if I said it, then you know you're in you know you're barking up the right cosmic yeah. tree tree of life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Ashley. Where can we find you and connect with you and see what you're working on? If you Google Ashley Gavin or Ash Gabs, that's all my social media. It'll come up. Um, I'm not working. <laughs> if you can't find it, honestly, I don't care. Like, if you are not able to Google me and find my social media, I don't even want you to find my social media. Um, And my podcast is available for free everywhere you listen to podcasts. And on YouTube, it's called We're Having Gay Sex. That one's harder to Google because it has gay sex in the title. So we're having gay sex.com. It's not porn. It'll have all the links there. Sure. Sure. <laughs> That's what they all say. The next it's not I porn. <laughs> Just click the link. It's not porn. You have a free iPad waiting for you. <laughs> it's not porn. That's I actually swear. the name of my podcast. We're, we have a free iPad waiting. <laughs> click to claim your free iPad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you.